your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast. Welcome inside episode 459 of the Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Ross Levitt, and on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba, alongside Brandon Pillar on what will be our final show before Christmas. Yeah, Ross, a bit of an uh, unusual thing for us taking the day off, but you're spending the time traveling and it is Christmas Eve, so we're going to take uh, one day off if you guys can allow that. I've got my holiday sweater on. Happy holidays to everyone. And although, Ross, there's no NHL action, we got some international hockey coming up real soon here. Yes, so on today's show, we'll get our Christmas wish list for the Ottawa Senators. What should Santa leave under the tree for them? Maybe a couple stocking stuffers as well. And then we heard from Tony Ferrari yesterday, but it's our turn to make predictions and more when it comes to the World Junior. So stay tuned for all that. This is the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day. Today is Thursday, December 23rd. was supposed to be an Ottawa Senators game day. Hopefully, Pilsy, the next day we record, the Sens will be playing in Washington. Do you think that game happens? A- absolutely. I mean, you got there's got to be light at the end of the tunnel, and uh, I'm focused on that because... Uh, we we were just we were hitting such a good stride here with the Sens playing their best hockey all season. The postcast was firing on all post-cast. cylinders. Um, so yeah, I, I gotta believe we'll start the Christmas wish list early here, Ross. And the game against the Capitals on the twenty seventh that's top of my list because let's get back to NHL hockey. The only problem is that. Playing in Washington has been an automatic loss for the Senators in recent years. Like Ovechkin has just dominated the Sens throughout his career. And we'll have more time to preview that, hopefully, on Monday, our next show. But by then, the World Juniors will already be a full day in. And wow, the most wonderful time of the year is an understatement, especially when you have five prospects in the event. So if you didn't hear our interview with Tony Ferrari yesterday, go check that out as well. We get a Sen-centric preview of this year's World Juniors. Pilsy, what are you most excited about for this year's tournament? Well, the fact that Canada, like like usual, has a really good chance at winning this. And, man, last year was a heartbreaker. Sure, it was great to see Jake Sanderson and uh, Tyler Clevin get gold medals. Pierre Dorian likes winners, as we know. But Team Canada, they got to take a step up this year, and I think this is a year that they can definitely do that. So I'm excited to cheer on the red and white. Well, we know what the problem was, right? What was the problem? Didn't score enough goals. Team (laughs) Canada? No, they didn't have a sense prospect on their team last year. Yes, true. Yeah, that's actually a very good point. They had one in 2020, and how did that time end? Oh, right, gold medal. Jacob Bernard Docker, thanks for coming out. So, I mean, that's just a trend. You mentioned Curtis Lazar. We talked about captains. He won his gold medal with Team Canada. So, I mean, don't bring up Thomas Shabbat because that shootout still gives me nightmares. Hmm. That was what an amazing game. Colin White versus, uh, versus yep. Thomas Shabbat way back in the day. So, there's such classic matchups, right? These are the kind of tournaments where 
every game you remember for a long time. So it's a great stage for these kids to get an opportunity to come and play some of their best hockey. We'll save that preview for later on in the show. We've got a couple birthday shout-outs to get right off the top. Sens legend, Scott Gomez, turns 42. Is he the most obscure Ottawa senator? He's definitely one of them. Like there, there's three or four that come to mind, and he's one of them. And Ross, it's it's too bad he never got a goal. He did. Uh, I'm looking at oh. stats right now. Thirteen games, one assist with the Sens. But that was a hilarious time for Scott Gomez to just appear on this team out of nowhere. And uh, I, I would love to hear from some of the boys that were playing for the Sens that season, just like. What was that like? Because if you've ever heard uh, Scott Gomez on an interview, that guy just has stories for days, and uh, he's he's quite the character. So I'd love to hear about his time as an Ottawa Senator. Who do you think the scored the goal that he assisted on for oh the Ottawa Senators? God. I have it pulled up right here. March 8th, 2016. He had the lone assist on a first-period even-strength goal from... Bobby Ryan? No, Mark Stone. Shocker. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. That was the swan song uh, for a great career for Scott Gomez. Unfortunately, Part was beating the Ottawa Senators in that conference final 2003, which we don't have to get into anymore. But he was a great player at his prime. I would put on my quick Mount Rushmore of obscure Ottawa Senators who were like unbelievable other places in their career. Peter Bondra, yeah, 500 goal scorer, comes to Ottawa, plays a cup of coffee, all of that. I think some people would say Marty Lapointe as well. He ended his uh, a great career in uh, in Ottawa, and then how can you not say David Legwand as another one, the, the <laughs> cap, the first captain of the Nashville Predators? He comes to Ottawa, and I mean he was there longer than the other guys I just mentioned, but still yeah. pretty obscure looking back. Definitely very uh, very random, that's for sure. No question. All right. So speaking of the Ottawa Senators, I mentioned Alex Ovechkin, 33 goals in 49 games against the Senators in his career, 53 points plus 19 and uh, plays 21 minutes against them per game. But if you look up and down, like Alex Ovechkin's a complete machine. Guy plays over 21 minutes against every single opponent as a forward. And he's playing some of his best hockey at 36 years old. Hopefully his next game is against the Ottawa Senators is, any more postponements i'm just gonna start crying here live on air you can also follow the show if i do end up crying you'll want to subscribe to our youtube so you can see that in hd tv <laughs> all right pilsy you got your holiday spirit going we want to wish a merry christmas to everyone uh who's listening to the show and has all year supporting us uh up 170 percent year over year so that's huge and that's all thanks to the daily listeners making locked on senators your first listen of the day And joining us on YouTube, which was a huge jump for us in 2021. So I just wanted to say thank you before we get into what we want for the Senators under the Christmas tree. Pilsy, what would be your first wish? Yeah, definitely. I'll echo that. Big thanks to all the listeners and uh, viewers. You guys are are doing, you're helping this podcast along much more than we ever thought could be possible. So Making it worthwhile to get up. We're recording. It's like 7.30 in the morning right now because... It's our our job to get this out to you and and you make it easy to get up and and get excited about doing it. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. So now let's move to a Christmas wish list. And yeah, first on all of our list, I think, is get that game up against the Capitals going. Like, let's get back into NHL action. So that's 
that's just the blanket number one. We're all wishing for that. Now, for my personal wish list, Ross, it's when Eric Brandstrom comes back from his injury, give him a proper opportunity. Now, he's had a couple seasons where he's played 30 games, and 30 games is an awkward sample size, right? Like, it's, it's not small, but it's not quite enough that you can really get a snapshot of what a guy can do in the NHL, right? So I want to see him get a good opportunity here with Zaitsev out. Get him on the second pair on the right side. That's uh, let's Ooh. let's give that a try because I, I think it's worth trying at this point. And that's the only way Eric Branson's going to top the uh, crack the top four in the future, anyway. So like Jake Sanderson's coming real quick here. So real quick. My wish list is this is Eric Branstrom's window to show what he can really do. And the Sens need to make a decision on this guy. Like he's going to be, his contract's going to be up. He's going to no longer be waiver exempt. And they have to decide where he fits in in this organization. So for me, I think that's of the utmost um, for the Sens coming up here because they said they were going to switch to development philosophy. So let's see it. Uh, you mentioned that would be your wish for a gift under the Christmas tree. I'd argue DJ Smith would say that is a stocking stuffer, getting Eric <laughs> Branstrom back in the lineup. The diminutive defenseman with a ton of offensive ability. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one. In World Junior season, Eric Branstrom was a stud oh, at yeah. the World Juniors right before Ottawa picked up his rights in the Mark Stone trade. He wore the C for Team Sweden. I believe he was a goal per game. I think he had four goals in five games. Uh, at the World Juniors there when they lost in Buffalo in 2018. Crazy photo still of Brantstrom celebrating with Gustafson. Neither of them at the time sends prospects. With Brady Kachuk, undrafted at the time, in the background on one knee with his yeah, head down. weird, weird. Very weird photo. It'd be really cool to get one of those signed by all three of those guys. I don't know if you'd convince Brady. I was going to say, I don't think Brady's going to be signing that one. <laughs> yeah, Fair enough. That is a great start to the Christmas list. We're going to get into a lot more uh, of that and then our World Junior preview still. But I want to hit the ad real quick here and then we'll get into some more Christmas spirit. But first, a word from our friends at Stat Hero. Nobody plays fantasy sports to lose. You kidding me? Winning feels so much better. But traditional fantasy sports are a long-term losing proposition because you never know who or what. You're up against, ooh. Stat Hero is the first of its kind daily fantasy sports platform where it's you versus the house in a head-to-head fantasy matchup. Winner, take all. And here's the crazy part. Stat Hero shows you their lineup before you play. Before you play. And you handpick the team you want to face one-on-one. With Stat Hero, you're in control of the stakes. You decide how much you're going to play. And Stat Hero has no choice but to take it because they're daring you to beat them, Stat Hero is head to head, and it's what daily fantasy should be one on one. Sign up for free right now at stathero.com/slash hockey and use promo code hockey for a 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com/slash hockey, promo code hockey for a 100% match. One more time for the people in the back, stathero.com/slash hockey, promo code. Hockey, you got it. Terms and conditions apply. Go check out stathero.com. All right, Pilsy. So your first Christmas wish list for the Ottawa Senators is Eric Branstrom getting a proper opportunity. And I love that. 
because he needs it. He yep. needs it. He looks so good next to Artem Zub at the end of the 2021 shortened season, and it's just such a shame that they didn't put them together and see what kind of chemistry they can gain. Because now we've seen, even with Holden, like obviously Zub's the common denominator, but yeah. you have to give some credit to playing with consistent partners. At the start of the year, mm-hmm. there were so many moving parts, guys coming out of the, out of the lineup, so I don't com- like only blame DJ Smith for this. But having that consistent pair cannot be overstated how important it is going forward. So on that note, now I'm, I had this in a different order. This isn't my like number one be-all, end-all. But I want one of Lassie Thompson or Jacob Bernard Docker in the lineup for every game the rest of the season. Now, you mentioned replacing Zaitsev with an injury to get Branch from that chance. So these things can concurrently happen because it's time to move on from Josh Brown. Like the experiment, it's run its course. I know he's injured right now, but he cannot play games ahead of these young players at this point. You've no, seen what happens when he's sense. in the lineup. We've seen what happened. Like, there's no surprises with Josh Brown. You know what you're gonna get. And the puck turns into a grenade a little too often for me. So my Christmas wish list begins now since we're talking about defense with JBD. Or Lassie. I don't care which one. Hell, get Gannett in for a game or two. But (laughs) I want this development to be taken seriously on the back end because that's where they're further behind. They need to catch up on the defensive awareness and play in their own zone. And the only way they're going to do it is reps against the best in the world. So I want to see these kids get much more opportunity on the back end because the forwards are littered with kids and players who are starting to cement themselves as good NHLers. So let's see that happen on the back end as well. I love that. Yeah, that's like, yeah, there's no reason why guys like Lassie and JBD can't be getting third pair minutes over guys like Josh Brown. Like it's 12 minutes a game. Yeah. You, you cannot convince me otherwise. There's no, there's no way you can tell me any kind of argument that Josh Brown is a better option as a third pair defenseman than Lassie and or JBD. So I'm with you on that for sure. Ross. And go ahead. No, well, I was going to go to my next wish list. So if you got more on this, uh, go go right ahead. I was just going to say, if DJ Smith's philosophy, and we know he loves big, tough defensemen, guys who can box out, like you can still have Holden on that pair with him and have a yep. bigger, steadier veteran presence. So it's not like I'm asking it to be Mete and JBD for the rest of the <laughs> season. Mete can be the odd man out. That's yep. fine. You don't have much invested in him. You picked him up off of waivers. You beat him in, in arbitration as well. So who cares? Just get these kids in the lineup. All right, next, Pilsy. Yep, I'm with you. All right, now, sticking on the development path, goalie-friendly show, Philip Gustafson needs to play some who? games. <laughs> yeah, like, when was his last game? I I forget it's when not, his last game is. That's how long it's been. And it's the one loss. Yeah, well, the Islanders one loss? game. Send the five two and one since December second. I don't think people are talking about that enough. Yeah, yeah. Let's bring that up on Twitter. Actually, see see what uh, the Twitterverse thinks of that. All right. Um, but yeah, like Philip Gustafson, this there's so much invested in this guy. He was the start of the rebuild. He was the first prospect to come back to really uh, let the world know, hey, we're rebuilding, we're tearing things down here, and. He's one of the most valuable prospects because we saw, yes, small sample size, what he can do in the NHL at the end of last season. And it hasn't been the same for him this season. But 
he's not going to get better sitting on the bench. And uh, like we kind of thought he might be in Belleville, but the Matt Murray incident has changed all of that. Anton Forsberg's amazing play has changed all of that. However, sure, I agree with riding the hot hand. And if you're a coach like DJ Smith, that's just kind of like, hey, I don't know much about goalies. Just whoever's playing good, that's who's going to get in there. Fine, whatever. But you cannot have Gustafson sitting cold for that long. Like mix in again. Like maybe, I don't know about getting him in against the Capitals because that's kind of a tough task. And we saw what happened last time. So maybe get Forsberg in for that game. But the next game, you got to get Gusson because they got to start developing him and uh, giving him more consistent starts here. Philip Gustafson's last four games are not pretty. No, and, but he needs a chance to bounce back, right? Like you can't, you can't let a, guy, a young goalie who's on a downturn just sit and dwell in that. You know what I mean? He needs a chance to boost his confidence and get back here. Oops, I was trying to. Uh, <laughs> whenever I hold shift, something happens. But check out those stats: last four games, eight fifty four yeah. save percentage, and we know that he's a very confidence based goalie. Mm-hmm. So get him back in there. What's the harm? But I agree, not. Not again. But look what's coming up after. It's Washington, Boston, Pittsburgh before New Year's if the schedule Yeah, it doesn't get much easier. That's fair. Yeah. No. But you can't shelter you can't shelter him too much, right? Like he he's right now he's your number two NHL goalie. Like you gotta you gotta get him in there and you have to trust him. And if you don't, then I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen there because Matt Murray also isn't getting games to boost his confidence because Belleville is now postponed till I think the 31st. Yeah, so, through the 28th. Yep. So that's that's a tough situation all around for the crease here. That sucks, hey? Yeah, big time sucks. Man. So my final Christmas wish is world peace and health to all. But honestly, Lovely. health to Matt Murray. Because this guy needs a real opportunity to get his feet underneath him. They're not getting out of that contract. No. So you have to hope that at the very least, he can stay healthy and try to recapture any of what the Senators saw in him two, three years before they ended up signing him (laughs) to that contract. So you don't want the goalie that you signed to that contract because they they were betting on a bounce back. But even that to say... He needs to stay healthy. He hasn't played, what, more than five straight games without being out of the lineup? That's so hard. Just like these defensemen that are moving around. like It's so hard to find consistency. Maybe my Christmas wish for all is consistency. That would just be a nice blanket statement because there hasn't been a whole lot of that uh, throughout the season for the Senators. It's Maybe that losing streak was consistent for a little while. but yeah, I was going to say, well, that, <laughs> careful with consistency. They've shown us some bad consistency before. Yeah, okay. Consistently good things yeah. happening to the Ottawa Senators. Need that in my life, including on the back end and in goal. Because you can't have this $6.25 million buried in the minors forever. And they have to give him another chance, right? Like, I'm sure oh, there's yeah. some Sens fans that are like, just buy him out. Like, it's over. Like, and... You know, I can understand the frustration, but you you have to at least give him a chance to have this comeback. And yes, I know he gets injured a lot, so even that chance of a comeback can be difficult. But like when you've got so much money invested in him and you're not really cemented in, in your goaltending position, at least kind of salary-wise, like Forsberg, who knows what's going to happen with him, and then you've only got Gus there. So you've got a guy who you've got locked up for a couple more years here. You've got to at least give him a chance before you ship him out of town or decide to do anything with him here. 
What's your prediction for the Ottawa Senators' second half of the season? We know last year they picked it up quite a bit. Now they're at Christmas. They're still looking for their 10th win of the yeah. season, but they've been playing a lot better hockey. I don't know if we said this, 5-2-1 and one since <laughs> December 2nd, but in all seriousness, Pelzi, 9-17-2. That's 20 points, 7th in the Atlantic, although ahead of the Montreal Canadiens, behind a lot yeah. of other teams. That's got to be lower than we expected going into the season. But what's a realistic situation for Ottawa heading in to January, February, and beyond? I I would love so hard to, to predict. Yeah, that's the, I would love to say they could push for a final playoff spot, but I just they've dug themselves too deep here. Like just to get to five hundred would be quite an accomplishment, right? Like that's. You, you got to be winning at a good pace to make up those eight losses or that you need to turn into wins yeah. to get to 500. So I, I would say really it's not – I'm not going to give a record uh, prediction, Ross. It's just about the, trusting the process and being able to be like, all right, whether we win or lose, we played the game the way we wanted to and we were able to really give these teams a tough time like they were at the end of last season like they have been doing this stretch here like I do think that forward group is pretty good like are they contenders absolutely not but like there's a lot of things to build on and guys are making bounce backs here especially with Tim Stutzla at center that's been an absolute game changer for this team so I'd I don't know. Like, I, I don't want to get too crazy and say, uh, yeah, they can put like push for 500 even sounds crazy. And I don't want to say they're just going to absolute tank. Like, I think they're I think they're going to end up, Ross, in a similar position as they were last season, right around that area. But as long as we continue to see growth from yeah. the players that matter the most in the future, like don't get your head too, uh, too out of control. If, if you see, you know, another bad pass out of the zone from – Josh Brown, like guys who aren't going to be here for the next three, four years. What does it really matter for for the rest of this season? But as a team, if they can play cohesively and you see these, you know, Drake Bathersons continue to flourish and Tim Stutzla, the move to center. Hopefully you get Shane Pinto back for a few games at the end of the year. But really the numbers that stand out, looking at the Senators versus the league average, it's it's clear. It's, it's the save percentage, but that's not really fair to pinpoint all on the goalies. I think the decor and and the team defensive structure is the biggest issue with what we've seen so far this season. Too many tap in goals. How many plays that start behind Ottawa's net end up going in, right? Like they just seem like they can't control the puck into a small area in their own defensive zone. They just, they lose sight of the guy behind them and they're just asking for these easy tap-in goals. So if they can cut that out, they'll make the goalies look better. I hope I don't sound like too much of a goalie hugger right now because the 893 save percentage certainly stands out. The league average is 907. They're like they're like 15 That's points bad. below yeah. league league average. So that that needs to be better. But seriously, the defensive coverage needs to be a lot better if they're going to compete. Yeah, I agree. Because a lot of those goals you can chalk up to missed coverages and like yeah. two defensemen puck watching at the same spot and then there's a guy open out front kind of thing, right? So yeah, I, I definitely agree with that, that we can't be too nice to the goalies here, but also we're going to shelter them a little being like it's not all on them. Right. And then you look at shots on goal as well. I found this to be pretty interesting versus the league average. The, the league average for shots on goal is 920 per team. 
Ottawa has 805. That's, that's like 100, 120 below the average, not the best, the average. So they need to get more pucks on net. Their shooting percentage is above average in the league. But just imagine how many more goals they get if they kept around that shooting percentage but had 100 more shots on goal. Yep. You're looking at like 10 more goals. And how many games here? Like Obviously, the Rangers game comes to mind. You score one more goal. They lost 2-1 to San Jose. There's been some one-goal games where, Definitely. hey, you get a few extra shots. Maybe that could have swung the other way. So those are a couple of things when you're looking at the league of, hey, where can Ottawa improve and get some more wins? And I think that those are a couple of places to start Pilsy, if I'm starting to gamble on sports and who doesn't love to do that, where would you go? Well, Ross, you're going to make your way online to betonline.ag because they are the trusted sports book of the Locked On Podcast Network. And they've been great partners with us for quite a while. So there are go-to sportsbook online and they can be yours as well. Make your account at betonline.ag and since you're a loyal listener of the Locked On Senators podcast, we got a little holiday gift for you. You can get a 50% welcome bonus if you use our promo code Locked On. So let's say you put 100 bucks in, bingo, bang, bongo, you're going to get $50 in your free play account. So that's a great excuse to sit on the couch, bet on some World Junior games, and get excited for hockey to be back. And we are excited here on the Locked On Senators podcast, and we want to get you fired up too. So get off the sidelines, get into the action at betonline.ag. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 50% welcome bonus. They are the online sportsbook experts. All right, Pilsy. So it's the final segment heading in to Christmas. We'll be off for the next four days back on Monday, December 27th. At that point, the World Juniors will already be underway. I absolutely love this time of year. Just for oh, a yeah. quick rundown, the Senators prospects in the tournament for Team Canada. Riddler, Ridley Gregg. We've seen a little bump in our interviews with the four, three guys that we've had on who are representing their country. We've got a playlist with all our big interviews on Locked On Senators YouTube, so you can go Check that out wherever you get your podcast as well. If you want to just search that up, they're all there on the States. Both these boys have been on the show as well. Tyler Clevin, the K-Train, and Jake Sanderson. Ever heard of him? On Team Finland, Levy Marilainen, who are still working. He will be on this show eventually. Yeah, and- that's a tentative guest uh, once he works his English a little more. Yes. Especially guys like uh, Ross and I, we can be tough to understand when we're getting a little excited. Exactly. Although <laughs> you've had enough Finnish scouting trips. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. True. i got to brush up on my Finnish language skills. Yes. And then Roby Jarventi. He's my guy to watch in this tournament. Now, everyone's going to be looking right. at Ridley Gregg. Everybody's going to be watching Jake Sanderson. But we've made it very clear. We weren't impressed with his tournament last year at all. Now, he's going to be one of the only players in this whole tournament who's played more than, what, 40 AHL games? I'm going to look that up, actually. It's right around around there. Maybe a little less, actually. Yeah, but he's got more experience than anyone playing against North American men. And the reason why it matters, because you're like, oh, wait, but so many of the Finnish team, they play in the Liga, which is the top league in Finland. Well, the World Juniors are... On exactly, they're in Edmonton, they're on North American size ice. So, I think that this is the perfect opportunity to him to put in practice the things he's learned. 
Yep. And if he can do that, then we might be on to something here. So I'm looking for a big tournament from Roby Jarventi. Which sense prospects are you most excited to watch throughout this tournament? Well, Ross, I'll stick on Team Finland with you because the other guys, like you said, they're they're very obvious. Like those are the big guys. But Levy Marilainen, I haven't had a chance to watch him uh, play in the OHL. Uh, I, I was hoping to get to a game in, in Barrie or Owen Sound, but they haven't come up here yet, the Kingston Frontenac, so I haven't had that chance. So I hope he beats out Joel Blomqvist for a couple games. And if he can get hot, we know how this tournament goes, Ross, especially as uh, fans of Team Canada. Often the most touted goalie doesn't end up playing the whole tournament. It's whoever's been hot and uh, can help the team win games. So that definitely could be an opportunity for Levy Marilainen here. And it would just be so awesome if we could see him like internationally and playing in Finland. His numbers have been incredible. So I think that's going to give him a boost here. He's having a good year in the OHL too. So I want to see that. And just to talk about uh, Jarventi for a bit here. He had amazing chance at the start of last tournament. I don't know if everyone remembers, but it was a slot chance. And I think he either hit the post or just barely missed the net. And that's his game. Like if he would have scored, I bet we see a whole different tournament from him because then he's confident. Then the coach is putting him in at the best uh, spots in the power top power play. So I want to see Jarventi get going right away. Like don't let that inconsistent or that consistent inconsistency (laughs) grow into a negative thing. Let it grow into a positive thing. And I think we could see big things. So Finland, we're going to have our eye on here, Ross. We were only 15 to 20 games off. Jarventi, uh, he only joined Belleville at the end of his last season. And he missed time there. Yeah, exactly. So he's got 25 AHL games under his belt, 12 points, five goals, but He's still looking for his first world junior goal. Six games last year, dash two, no points, and was on the bench for a lot of the second half of that tournament. The coaching staff really lost their trust in the big Finn. Now, hopefully we see some red light Roby because that would be huge, even for his confidence coming back to Ottawa and Belleville afterwards. He's a guy who, if he plays well down the stretch, I wouldn't mind him getting a sniff like Igor did, like four or five games. Give him a taste of NHL action. But right now, he needs to be focused on having a great world junior. So we're going to be locked on to Roby Jarventi. And I'm hopeful, to your point, that Levy gets to play. It sounds like this Joel Blomkus kid um, has pretty maybe, the, maybe the inside track here. I wonder if the fact that he had more experience playing for Carpat, the same team that Levy had to leave because of him, kind of makes sense that there's a bit of a hierarchy there already. Definitely, yeah, and I I get that sense too, but anything can happen here, and uh, yeah, go check out Levy's stats for Team Finland. They are impressive, so they know what he can do. They certainly do. Now, the save percentage isn't quite there yet in the OHL, but he's got a lot of wins, and he was the CHL goalie of the month in November, so that's some good praise and getting used to the North American game, so that hopefully helps him going in to this tournament okay team canada this is what we've all been waiting for this is this is an elite team like sometimes you're like okay that's a very very good team this is an elite team top to bottom just to run through team canada because i think we might even change the twitter name just for the next few days before the sends come back locked on world juniors and yeah we're into the sends prospects of course but this is a canadian based show of course we want to see the red and white do well and they've got 11 first rounders on their team all their defensemen shoot left, which is just the wildest stat ever. And they've got a very pesky 
third line. All right, this is how Team Canada lines up. Mason McTavish between Cole Perfetti and Dylan Genther. Just call that the top 10 line as you got third overall pick playing with two, with a ninth overall and a tenth overall. And then is this, this will then be the top five line because Shane Wright's about to go first overall. Connor Bedard might go first overall the year after. Yeah, we got a double underager in this tournament. And then Kent Johnson, who just went fifth overall to the Columbus Blue Jackets. Let's touch on that top six right now. Nobody's matching that in the whole tournament. No one. And it's not even close. Yeah, they're... Yeah, like that's all I can say. Like I was going to get into it, but that that's enough said right there. Like, and that second line, oh my goodness, I can't wait to watch that line. Like that's going to be so exciting. Uh, Shane Wright, I, that's like I said, I haven't got to watch a whole lot of OHL hockey, so I haven't really seen him too much either. So I'm very excited to see that. And then you've got a guy with NHL experience on the third line. And that's Jake Neighbors, who's going to be wearing A. He's playing for St. Louis. He's on a line with Ridley Gregg at center. Mm-hmm. I like that they're keeping Ridley at center. That's what you want to see. And Justin Surdif, the Florida Panthers third-round pick, who's been lighting it up with the Vancouver Giants. So that is the identity line. Head coach Dave Cameron. Woo. Yes, that Dave Cameron. <laughs> Remember last time he was the head coach of the World Juniors, by the way? He has some making up to do. It was, when the, was, that? It was the year, I want to say that Russia had a very stacked team. I want to say it was like Panarin, but Jared Cowan was actually on Team Canada that year. Uh, they blew, I believe, a 5 Yes, I remember that, yeah. For the Russians? Yes. And then the Russians ended up missing their flight. They were having too much fun. That was in 2012. Canada was up 6-1 to one midway through the game. And they end up losing. My favorite part is going back to old uh, World Juniors and seeing what which players were big parts of their team. Like that that year for Russia, it was the Kuznetsov, Gusev, and Yakupov line that wow, do- that weird. dominated. So interesting uh, to note there. Mark Stone led the tournament for Canada, seven goals in six games. Shocker, but yeah, Dave Cameron back behind the bench, first time in ten years at this tournament. And he said, to get back on track here, that Ridley Gregg's line is going to go up against the other team's top players. So, Hell yeah. hey, that's a big test. Hopefully, he's uh, spending most of his time on the ice and not in the penalty box. But then, Ross, think about the ripple effect that has. So, you're putting your third line up against their top lines. That means your top and second line are going to go up against the second and third line of other teams. And th- they're going to offensively destroy them, those weaker lines. Whereas, hopefully the Ridley Gregg line can just contain other teams' top lines, and then you get your work done offensively with those uh, skilled top 10 and top 5 lines, like you mentioned. So that's awesome. I'd like to apologize in advance to Czechia, to Austria, and to Germany. Those are Canada's first three games. Like, Do you think that could provide a bit of an issue where they're not tested right off the bat? You know what I mean? I think that's happened in years past. No, I, I agree. Yeah, especially when you're just rolling over these teams like 6-1, 8-0, like those kind of games. Like the competitive juices aren't quite flowing. And then you get up against teams like your Finlands, like your... That's um, they play on New Year's Eve. Exactly. And then when you move on to the next round, you, then you got the big teams of the other pool. And those are going to be tough games. So, yeah, I, that is something to be a little bit concerned about. Czech Republic first. Sorry, Czechia. Yeah. They, they want that officially changed. Um but then it's like the Austria-Germany back-to-back games, like they're not even going to break a sweat. They're going to maybe win by double digits. Yeah. 
So hopefully they can get a good test here on New Year's Eve against Finland. The the greatest game, I think, of this tournament is going to be New Year's Eve, the late game, USA-Russia in Red Deer. The, the other pool is the group of death. No question about that when you look at the United States, Russia, Sweden, all in the same conference or same pool. So it'll be really interesting once we get to January and see with the quarterfinal how the crossover goes. But as it stands right now, Canada's got a quite the easy ride on paper. Anything can happen. These kids are 16, 17, 18, 19 years old. But it's going to be a quite quite an interesting tournament, I think, from that standpoint of who's going to be where uh, when it comes down to the next round. Okay, on defense for Team Canada, as I pull it back up here, got Owen Power, first overall pick. Is that good? With Olin Zellweger. Got Caden uh, Goley, who's going to wear the, a, uh, the C for, for this team, with uh, Ryan O'Rourke. Got Donovan Sabrango with Lucas Cormier, and then Carson Lambos with uh, Sealy as well. And when I'm looking at this decor, like they've got a bit of everything, but they're going to be big more than anything. So you got a big, mean defenseman in Caden Goley, and you got a big, mean defenseman who can handle the puck as well as any defenseman not named Jake Sanderson in this tournament in Owen Power. I think the goaltending will be interesting as well. Sebastian Kosa. How about Tony teeing us up with a Canada Sweden final? where we get to see Wallstead versus Kosa. I love that. Yeah, that's something that I kind of forgot about, especially like there's a bit of spice on that one, Ross, because Detroit traded up to get a goalie, and it's not the goalie everyone thought they were going to get. They went for Kosa instead of Wallstead. So, yeah, I think Tony's on to something. Wallstead's going to have something to prove, and he's going to have a chip on his shoulder. What is your official prediction for, for the tournament, first, second, and third? Well, I did say I was going to probably piggyback off Tony, and I'm kind of doing that, but I'm going to I'm gonna change things a little bit here. I got Canada winning gold. Of course I got Canada oh, yeah. winning gold over Team Sweden in the finals, so that's a no-brainer. And uh, then for the bronze game, there's no way Jake Sanderson and Tyler Clevin are going home without a medal. There's no way. So I'm, I got them winning bronze over Team Finland. Okay. I'm going to go Canada gold. USA Silver. We're going to get a rematch of last year's gold medal, but the the good guys are going to come out on top in that one. And I'm going to say Roby Jarventi leads Team Finland to a bronze with some great goaltending as well. Again, who do they beat in the bronze game? uh, Sweden. Sweden? I I just want these rivalry games. I'm just going to go as hard as I can. Those neighbor rivals. Yeah. Exactly. There's always a little extra something in the air when those two countries meet. Uh, So hopefully that can continue on in this great tournament that will be hosted by Edmonton and Red Deer. 50% capacity for both of those arenas, but at least there are some fans, right? Last year was played without any. So great to see that some will be allowed to be in attendance and they're going to get a treat because watching Jake Sanderson is just that. So it's going to be a great tournament, and I think we've covered it pretty well between today and yesterday with Tony Ferrari, so make sure you go back download our episode with him you can also find locked on senders wherever you download your podcast and youtube you can subscribe to the show there merry christmas buddy what's uh what's the plan for you over the next four days well hope i'm hoping to get a bunch of snowboarding in uh here at blue mountain that's definitely uh one of my plans uh try to try to visit family in a in a safe proper way you know i gotta still stay safe over the holidays here and uh just hoping, you know, it's a break from hockey, so I'm trying to tap into other things in my life. Like I said, snowboarding, trying to stay active, trying to stay positive on a daily basis. So that's uh, that's what's on deck for me. How about you, buddy? 
Yeah, just going back and to see my parents for the first time in a while. And yeah, that'll I'm be nice. Still, I'm still hoping to be at Sens Penguins on New Year's Eve, yes. but it uh, it's not giving me much confidence right now, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, it'll be great to see family and friends and reset because it's been a great year, but a bit of a grind with uh, so many long periods of time without Sens hockey. So hopefully when we're back on Monday, we can really hit the ground running here into 2022 because we've got some big goals for the show and uh, we hope that you'll join us along the way. My next goal, and if anyone wants to reach out and uh, offer their services, because I think you've seen my graphic design ability, <laughs> is a little limited. want to get some templates here to make the show a little bit more eye-catching on YouTube. So if you're into graphic design, um, shoot us a DM on Twitter, at Send Central. You can also follow the show on Instagram, LockedOn.Senators. Pilsy, any last words before we sign off? Just once again, happy holidays to all the listeners and viewers. Like you, you guys are awesome. We appreciate all the support. Uh, people have been giving us five star reviews today on Twitter. That goes a long way. Like Ross always says, commenting, subscribing, telling your friends. Like it really does mean a lot to us, and that's why we get up every day, Monday through Friday. Your team every day, and we're doing this because you guys love it, and we love providing the content for you. So thank you very much, and have a safe wonderful holiday season sense fans well said pills he will be back on monday to chat some world juniors hopefully knock on wood preview an ottawa senators game day but for now go tell your friends the sends are five two and one it's <laughs> december 2nd the league doesn't want them to succeed true ending pausing the season after a one one and one stretch we we're having so much fun but it will be back it was just a little taste you got to see some good hockey and hopefully that continues going forward but for today we say goodbye enjoy the holidays be safe merry christmas and we'll chat on monday for brandon pillar i'm ross levitan this has been the locked on senator podcast your team every day